ladies, now let's get in formation. Give me a P, give me a E, give me a T, T, Y. I'm petty all the time. Give me a P, give me a E, give me a T, T, Y. I'm petty all the time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Petty Party at 12814. This your girl, Nikki. This your girl, Immokalette, coming out the set. What's good? Hey y'all, it's your girl Michelle, nothing extra today. <laughs> right, it's your girl Crystal, and there's for sure not nothing extra today. And we have a special guest in the building today, I'm going to let her introduce herself, go ahead. Hi, uh, <laughs> my name is Michelle, you can call me Mish. Uh, I am a mental health therapist, licensed therapist, and I am also a co-host on Millennial Love Podcast. Well, so we're going to have to call her Mish today because there's two Michelles here. <laughs> yeah. okay, so Michelle, Michelle and then Mish. I like that though. Welcome Mish. Petty Party Mish. You know, or Thank you, could you. Just, or you could just call me Egypt if you're nasty. Oh, oh I thought we not be an extra today. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Alright. Oh. <laughs> Why does this always happen? Always you. People wow. be forgetting they sections. Okay, so. You know, we had a little, you know, change up today. So I'm going to be doing the oh, mine or the other. Before you do that, we want to give a shout out to Jory. She wasn't able to make oh, it today, yeah. but shout out to her. Yeah, this is your part, girl. So I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> okay, so mm-hmm. hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. This situation has me so confused. I need to help. I need help to help me understand if I did something wrong or what should I do going forward. There's this chick I met on Tinder and we started talking for about two weeks. We ended up going on three or four dates before she told me that we should stop seeing each other. I took my L and met another chick and hit it off with her. The first chick comes back and says she made a mistake and wanted to see me again. I agreed. The second chick asked me to be exclusive with her right before I could make plans to see the first chick again, and I agreed. I told the chick who let me go this, and she flipped out and has been calling and messaging me nonstop like I broke her heart. But she did it first. This would have never happened if she didn't drop me. I had to block her, and now she's emailing me. How do I cut this all off? I'm so confused. Uh, wait, he he decided to be exclusive after one with date. With the second chick. No, after he one said date the, fir- the-, the first chick he went out with three or four dates. Oh, you talking about the second chick? The second chick. He said he was gonna be exclusive with her after one date. I mean, I mean, he moved on. Did he move I on? I think they had a few he, dates and he was just like, let me just be exclusive with you. Honestly, that's why you don't do rebounds. But how do you know it's within, like, it could have been well within six months and they went on one date, you know? I'm sorry, this is just. To be exclusive? This is what happens when you tender. I'm sorry, I don't believe in tender, plenty of fish, all that stuff. Like, <laughs> it comes with some stuff. Like, look at this. Like, you got a girl over here blowing your phone up, acting like y'all in a relationship, but y'all was just tender. So we know what y'all really was doing. So he wants to know what he should do about the first girl. He should block her via email. No, he uh, should. No, I'm, I, I'm saying that's what that's the question, right? I don't think he should. What do y'all have to talk about? I think I she's asking what that. The yeah, yeah, no. He said, "What should I do? Like, how do I cut this all off?" So I guess he wants to cut both. And of he them said off. he blocked her already. Yeah, he no. blocked her on text. He blocked the first girl on text messages. But now she's emailing him. I mean, well, I think you should be a man and like have an adult conversation. Yeah. And anything past that, if she decides to misconstrue that, and if she decides to continue to text you, at least you know you did your part as a man to be like, listen. Um, what we had was good, but I'm gonna go ahead and take my talents to another chick off Tinder. Yeah. Yes. What were you gonna say, Mish? She's blowing you up. Well, I I think I was gonna say I know you said like um on Tinder like mm-hmm. they get attached or whatever, but yeah. I I just honestly feel like that's how females are mm-hmm. all together. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you, Michelle, that like just being a man and not ghosting people, like not mm-hmm. blocking people gotcha. and just telling them like, hey, this is the deal. You, you signed up for this. Exactly. And then, like, leaving it at that. And but then if they keep 
texting or calling. Then, then it's like, up. all right. But then yeah. I think like he did have that conversation because she dropped him. And he moved on, and now she wants him back after he That's moved on. That's not a conversation, though. But, like, I don't feel like he owes her anything. If you drop me, what do I owe you? It's like, not about owing you know anyone that, but think about if that was you. You know good and well you would not want, like, <laughs> <laughs> if you if you moved over to email, you know, like, <laughs> you need your word heard. <laughs> so, like. Now, uh, first off. I feel like he's trying to downplay their situation because I know for a fact that I don't just have no man's email. Okay? Yeah. So unless he's like a celebrity yeah. and he has his email and his Instagram for Hit contact information. In the bio. You know, then I don't understand. Like for us to move to email, that means like we have exchanged a lot of communication. We was on Twitter. We was on Instagram. We get really? emails now. So like, nah, he's trying to play her. I feel her. It was cool when we was breaking up, but now you got a whole okay. check? Wait, you feel okay. <laughs> What? Nah. No. Like, I mean, I feel where he's coming from as far as, like, I moved on. But, like I said, I had that conversation with her. Like, I don't feel her. Why are you still hitting him up? Yeah, because, like, 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 if he, get, like, you should get the if, message. Like, because, y'all, how many people have y'all blocked? And, like, that's been that. I've never no, blocked somebody. And that's been that. that. But that's a guy. <laughs> I'm saying with a girl, as far as a girl goes, which I don't know if I know any like a girl that's been blocked by a guy, and it's just like I've any of my friends guy. would. I've well, any of my friends would get the I message. Left it at that block. I left it at block. Exactly. I, I would have left it at block too. What you didn't? No. Oh, so you you want to tell that story? Huh? We about to go into Betty Chronicle. You want to tell that story? No, I have Paulette <laughs> call him. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you had somebody else call him. I feel you. I mean, it was needed though. I mean, it was an unnecessary block. But <laughs> wait, I definitely missed something. I stay getting blocked. If you listen to the podcast, you know that I stay getting blocked, blocked by the same person. So <laughs> <laughs> always oh, wrong. It's okay. I mean, so, I mean, dang. I don't know what, what happens if somebody blocked me though. No, I have had like somebody check to see if I was just to make sure, and I wasn't. No, because I thought for one second, like, oh, it, it was. I, I mean, was texting somebody. We were having a nice conversation. And all of a sudden, the bubbles like, go green. It was going green. Oh, I was just like, no. Yep. And Bro, actually, I asked Joy to check my it. My bubbles like, didn't go green. It was like, they were still going blue, but <laughs> I wasn't seeing delivered. <laughs> Bro, no. And I, I, was, went, I, wasn't seeing I went to nothing. Snapchat. He was gone off that. Went to Instagram. Couldn't find his page. Couldn't find out. Three months later. Oh, yeah, I blocked you. Damn. Yeah, he, I wanted you out of my life. I was like, why? You led me on to think we was cool. And you just going to block me middle of the conversation? That's cool. <laughs> middle of I conversation. That, like, I, I was, honestly, I'm not going to lie, y'all. I was the definition of a fuck girl in that situation. But it's okay. Damn. I deserved it. Cold world. <laughs> yeah, it's a cold world. Better grab a sweater. All right. <laughs> You're so head ass. Y'all never heard that? Crystal. Crystal. <laughs> Whatever wow. role you playing today, you got it, bro. Wow. <laughs> I can do it. Okay, y'all, I have a petty chronicle. It's not that petty, but just 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 let me know if you um how y'all feel about this. So I actually went to the dentist yesterday and I always try to um I me personally I always try to like um do like or do keep my business within the black community lately only because I feel like it's easy to get stereotyped or easy to feel like somebody's like talking to you is kinda crazy because you're black, especially when it comes to when you finna drop some money. So uh but this time for some reason I try to look for a black um oral and max officialary dentist or whatever and i was like okay you know what let me just go to what my uh dentist referred me to the first time he referred me there i called completely rude i even called him back and i was like hey um they were rude i don't want to go there can you refer me to somebody else and he did but he didn't really whatever did it up so then time passes and i called them back and they were actually the only one who had availability after work at 6 30 so i was like let me the original people there. that were rude the original part because i actually went to another one and they was like no nah, you need to go see a specialist mm. so i went there yesterday and so um, basically, I need to get my wisdom teeth extracted. 
So he was basically talking to me, oh, you're going to need anesthesia. It's really not that bad because some of you teeth are up. da 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 whoop Took me, took me through the whole thing. I'm really scared. It's my first time. I've never been under anesthesia in my life. So I'm a little nervous. I go to talk to the insurance, and they're basically just like, um, to the insurance part, they're basically like, okay, this is how much it's going to be. Your insurance isn't cover, covering it because the anesthesia is elective, so you don't really need it. And I'm just like, I don't really what? Wait, pause. Run that back. Do I need the anesthesia or do I not? And she's like, okay, well, your teeth aren't impacted. I look at the paper, and I'm like, well, he marked it. It is impacted. So are my teeth impacted or not? Because if I don't need the anesthesia, I don't. I would like to not have it. Like, why am I paying a thousand dollars for anesthesia that I don't need and I don't even want? And um, she's like, um, actually, that's you raise a good point. She calls the uh surgical assistant in. The lady's so rude. When I tell you, she's just like, she's not even trying to hear me. She's just like, you need anesthesia. This is all he does. I don't know what what, what to tell you. Like, no, there's like, no other option. You can. And I'll, it. That's why I said I was like, so he doesn't do localized anesthesia. Yeah, for other teeth, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, what's the issue? She grabs the paper. She's like, if if it's because of this, I can take that off. I was like, you can uh. take it off. Like, I'm like, can you call the dentist back or something? She was like, okay, fine. She goes, checks. She doesn't find him. She comes back. She has such an attitude, has a purse on her arm. She's just being rude. Finally, she storms out. And I'm just like, you don't understand. Like, in my head, y'all, let me tell you, first off, it ended in, I ended in tears, whatever. Only because, not mm-hmm. even because, like, I was sad, but because in my head, I know I'm like, Michelle, you have it in you, in you to go off on this woman. But I know, you know, she's talking down to you because you're, I know, because I know how Coppell is. I know she's talking now to me because I'm African-American and she thinks that I'm going back and forth with her because it's about the money, but it's really not. It's yeah. about anesthesia and you haven't even explained to me why I even need it. And especially when I'm reading that you mm-hmm. don't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people even say that the de- most dangerous part about a wisdom teeth extraction isn't even extraction, it's the anesthesia. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm just like, first off, informed consent. Like if you're asking me to sign a paper and you're not informing me exactly why I need this, like you're already breaking like health regulations and laws and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And for you to sit here and go off on me and do all this stuff, like I was so mad. And then the other lady comes in and she's trying to calm me down. She's like, honestly, I had to wait till she left because honestly, sometimes she's just not good at explaining. So she's talking to me and I'm like, okay, you know, she's the white horse about to save the day. Mm -hmm. And she's like, but what I will tell you is like, your ethnicity? (laughs) And I was just like, wait, (laughs) wait, finish your sentence. She was like, your ethnicity, like your bone is just naturally dense. So it's going to be so hard. So that's why you're going to walk the end. I was like, what? This a white lady? Yes. Afterwards, I had to call my sister. Am I in a a scene of get out? I had to call my sister because I was like, it's so crazy. Like one lady was so rude. The other lady was so nice. But like she was like kind of like subconsciously racist. (laughs) And I was like, so I just didn't know what to do. And she was like, first off, I can tell you that that's unethical. They cannot justify the use of anesthesia with with ethnicity Ethnicity. or anything like that. She she, she was like, honestly, she was like, what I would do is this is that and other. So like. It was too much. Like, I was driving home. Like, you know what I'm saying? My mind is racing, right? So next day I get, I'm calling, like, the African-American. That is what I know. I'm like, I'm going to call this person, this person. But, like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was just like, dang, this is low-key a complicated procedure. Like, I can't just go to anybody. I go to one. This lady has, like, two one-stars. I'm just like, bro. Damn. I call the other lady. She's like, we only do appointments from 12 to 3. I'm like, 12 to 3? And then you uh... go to her review, and she's like, I was waiting for three hours. So I called my referring dentist and basically told him everything. And he was like, we will never refer to him again. But this is why I'm saying in my pity, y'all. In my pity, if I go back to that dentist anyway, because, like, honestly, no. I have a complicated case. No. <laughs> like, yeah. and calling around, I was like, yikes, bro. I mean, the surgeon safety, didn't do anything. I mean, for your safety, I mean, you would go where somewhere is credible. Like, I'm sorry, stars are everything. If I see a dentist office with one star, I'm not going there. But like, that I'm running away. No. That doesn't make them not credible. The experience that you had, that, that doesn't make them not credible. Because the reason why I'm, like, I'm going to, say go ahead and go is because i actually work at a dental office and i know how it works like 
there somebody at the front desk can be super rude or, yeah. or the assistant like somebody like we have had cup clients come to us and be like i don't want to work with this assistant but our doctor is very nice exactly. and, but he doesn't run the practice yeah. so it's like he's like he can't do nothing about it but he knows what he's doing when it comes to his surgery he that's what he's perfect yeah. at so i will say go to like you're not petty because it's just like you have a hard situation you know you work during and it's hard to find like somebody who actually is accommodating to your hours so i would go ahead and go oh, no i'm not saying not go to that place. i'm telling you go to that place just don't okay. go to like the other ones no you know? yeah i'm agree you're not petty for going back and like i said i've worked in a in a clinic before and most of the time the doctors don't even know halfway who they hired yeah. they don't and they yeah. don't they just be oh. like and the thing is the turnaround is so high in, in clinics health, yeah that it's like anybody anybody there. be in there yeah. so it's like <laughs> don't let how they act it reflect on the dentist cause yeah because i've had case. like flat out like we've had people on our schedule and it's like this person cannot see this assistant because they don't get <laughs> yeah, along no, like we do that so. in my job too like it's it's real out here like we i would say go back to um and even when you go back get whoever that was all the way together oh, oh yeah facts. Oh, like yeah. your tone i don't understand why you're so upset <laughs> why <laughs> explain it to me because all I did was ask you a question, so Man, I don't know. The thing is, I wanted to so bad, but the way sometimes, like, my attitude Did you start up, crying in front of them? No. Okay. No, the thing is, I didn't even start crying when she left. It wasn't until the lady, because you know how sometimes you feel like, in my head, I'm like, bro, I feel like I'm crazy, but, like, almost, because I remember I turned around and I was just like, you know what? I was like, I feel like I'm asking questions that you clearly don't even know, that you clearly don't know the answer to, and that's why it's turning into this. Because in my head, I'm like, there's no reason why I don't get the pushback. Like, all I'm asking you is, can you explain to me why the anesthesia is needed because he explained to me I needed anesthesia because my teeth were impacted now you're telling me that the insurance won't cover it because my teeth aren't impacted because they feel like it's not necessary mm. so can you explain to me why the anesthesia is necessary that's all I'm asking if you can't you should say you know what the doctor's not here I can have him give you a call later today if you didn't know but for you to be telling me like oh there's no way you can get around getting anesthesia and I'm just like girl I didn't ask you that so when she was talking to me I like I was kind of like just like okay you know maybe it's me maybe it's me then when she left and the girl came in and she was like I had to wait until she left. That's when I realized, like, it's I was not, not tripping. Like, yeah. everybody felt what I felt. And after that, it was just too much. I was but like, But I mean, oh, I don't understand. Whoever told you you weren't going to need anesthesia, like, everybody has anesthesia. Like, you get one lie. for filling. Well, no, is it sedation or anesthesia? Which one are you talking about? Because anesthesia, you get it regardless. I have a question, like, the IV. Teeth, are they taking oh, sedation. it or okay. grown out already? Huh? How, it's, has it's your not, teeth already grown out? Is it some are, she said some are and some aren't. Because I know when I got my wisdom teeth done when I was 18, like, I got my mouth numbed and like, yeah. they just pulled it out. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes yeah. you can, but. I mean, I, I feel like go with the numbing. It's easier. She wouldn't let me. She said, don't do that. No, no. <laughs> no, not, no, you're going to get numb. She's talking about sedation, but whatever. Don't get that's, sedated. That's neither here nor there. Okay, so. We're going to head and go into the current event. We need a name for a current event, dog. We like, do. we need to call it something cool because current events is not, it's not the wave. But, anyways. Um, we're gonna go into current events and let's start off with Black China versus Tokyo, which is her mom. Mm, Did you hear so about that? Unfortunate. Yeah. Right at Mother's Day. I, I know. <laughs> and China's birthday. It's like I don't uh, know what was I going on. I can kind of feel where China's coming from in the situation. Like her mom is like kind of uh, irate. Okay, I'm gonna raise. Can somebody please? Because I did not read that paragraph. Basically, what's going on? Black China's mom, Tokyo, basically <laughs> blasted China, saying that she has been keeping the kids away from her. I saw that, that she hasn't seen them in about two, two years, years. And blase, blase. But like, I kind of feel China. Like her mom is like irate, and she does a lot 
quote unquote with media. So it's like you don't want to put your kids in that. And so it's, but you're hurt when it's your mom in public. So what uh, are you trying to take? Someone try to touch your kid? Like why? What? I throw hands for my kid. But you're day. also dating a little. There's she's also negative. Like she's seen as like a negative image in the in the media as well. So it's just like what is she? What are you technically doing different that your mom isn't? But just because. But the thing is, just because people age. look at like I just feel like just because people look at her in a certain way doesn't mean she can't handle her situation in a certain way. It doesn't. It you know what I'm saying? I know it's contradicting, but it's like. I, know, I don't feel like she's wrong. But let's not act like China doesn't run through friends. And so, like, exactly. me knowing, like, China's history and knowing, like, how many, quote-unquote, best friends she's had, I just, I think what her mom is saying is actually has some truth to it. Like, China, like, the thing is, like, even how she played Rob, how she's doing, like, the situations that she's doing. Y'all know why she played Rob, though. But there's no reason to... There is no reason to drag Rob into this. Holly, you got the justify. Is there something about this that I sorry, don't know? Sorry, like, what do you mean that you feel like she's right? Like, what did she say that? You like her mom. Like, so basically, her mom was just like, you know, like you've allowed the people around you to get to you, and like it's changed you to like a, basically like a like she's allowed like being a celebrity to change her into like an evil is. person, oh. and that's what her mom's trying to say. Like she and her mom, like she's not bringing her mom around because her mom thinks that she's real or whatever. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So. I can feel where Tokyo is coming from because we have seen how black China has changed. Like think about the black mm-hmm. China that was with Tiger. Think about the black China that's now. She is ruthless. Completely I feel like people. she's been the same person. We just I not seeing not. it more. No, okay. that's, that wasn't who China was. China may have been a stripper, but she was not ruthless. I mean, but I don't, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I remember reading that Tokyo didn't even raise black China all the way. So I'm kind of confused as to like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like you weren't really a mother figure for her. So I can't give you like mother figure credit as far as being like, you need to be seeing your grandchildren. You knew, Y'all have never had that relationship. So I don't like think friends. that's I don't yeah. think that's a present day thing. I feel like maybe y'all healed that, but maybe y'all have a lot of healing to do. But you go on social media and blasting that and doing this and all the things she's done these past few years, I feel like is what's created this like riff. Like, why are you in a spotlight like you are? Why, why are you posting videos twerking half naked? Like, why are you asking people to send you money and talking about Black China doesn't give you anything? She's been doing this for years. Yeah. You know Your daughter's I mean? a celebrity, not To the you. point that I remember Black China coming out one time and being like, I paid for her house. I pay her rent. I do I this. I car. buy her a car. Like, you know what I mean? But she keeps saying that. So I feel Black China, if she wants to be like, you know what? I have to cut you out of my life. Like, you're doing too much. I don't know. You know what I mean? Cause I don't know. I think it takes a lot to cut a mom I think with off. celebrities, though, like, their life is so different. Like, it's different from us. Like, our, we're, I'm not saying we're we're average. They're not. Like, their they life are is... average. That's the thing. Like, I don't know. You know, so like, average. But someone's constantly like videotaping you. Like, you yeah. never have privacy. Like, anything you want to do in private will always be publicized. Like, it's not fair. So, it's like, at the end of the day, so she can't have the right to be like, you know what? I'm cutting my mom off. Like, at the end of the day, I don't want her in my daughter's life because she barely was in my life, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like she's a positive role model for my daughter. Yeah. Black China ain't a good role model herself, but it's like, look at her mom. You know what I'm saying? Like At the end of the day, we don't really know what's going on. I feel like there's more going on than we know that Tokyo is letting on, and we just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. I don't think Black China, like, I don't think Black China's in the wrong. I feel like she can do whatever she wants to do when it comes to her kids. Mm-hmm. She's a mom. Yeah, I mean, I think as a parent, you do have the right to do what you feel like is best for mm-hmm. your kids. I I guess I just question what more did you expect from your mom? Mm-hmm. So the fact that she's been around your kids before, mm-hmm. yeah. what other behavior did you think that she was going to exhibit? So now you're like, oh, well, you can't. I feel like there's more to the story. Like, it just yeah, doesn't, so that's I feel my like thing. There has to be missing. something else yeah. because she's not different. Tokyo isn't different than when you were letting them come around your yeah. kids. So what happened to make you make this decision? Something Probably a else breaking had to point. happen. 
you know, everybody has their breaking point. Man. I don't know. Blaze Runner is kind of off to me. So I don't really, I can't. I she's been like through she, a lot. She's. I feel like she's like a fry short of a happy meal. Oh, <laughs> she not all the way there. Is what you say? Yeah, she lucky's not all the way there. But yeah, all right, so um, okay, so recently we've been seeing Khloe Kardashian back with Tristan. It was a publicity stunt. What you expect? Well, I heard which you know she was at the uh, at the game. I heard she was at the game, and she said that I don't know how true this is, but she said that she's not as upset as the fans are and like supporters are. And I'm just because like, because it never, it's not real. You don't think it's What's, real? It's not real. The videos of him like physically kissing. <laughs> that was, did you watch those videos? I'm sorry, those did not. I was not sold by them videos. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. Something about you don't stage. think you don't I think, think that the man that cheated on yes. his first baby mother <laughs> is capable. Chloe is capable of being cheating again. Y'all, that is his storyline into the show. I'm telling y'all, this is not real. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe any of that. I'm sorry. No. Kim Kardashian unfollow him though. Apparently, I'm, I mean, it's, they're keeping all, it up. All I'm saying is, I think that. Chloe knows mm-hmm. that she was getting a little washed up. Let's be honest. She just had a she just had a baby with this man. Yeah. Chloe's in her mid thirties. Chloe ain't gonna find nobody else, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. She really ain't. Especially, oh. Nobody's yeah. going to Chloe. Yeah. Nobody. Can I tell you what I feel like happened? I feel like he was about to break up with her and she was like, if you break up with me and leave me while I'm about to give birth, I'm gonna ruin your your life. Ooh, you know what? And I'm gonna keep ru- I'm gonna keep ruining your life. And then she did it and finally he was like, Okay, 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 okay. So she was like, Cool. Fuck out it. What what way do they have to ruin people's lives? I think media. you get your life ruined when you stay with them. I, mean, I don't know. Look at Kanye. Lamar. I don't know. No, I, uh, I mean Lamar drip drugs. That's a different story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like y'all y'all ever thought about like what if they're the ones that like introduce him to that? That's what I'm saying. I like, no, I'm, I'm so, sorry. Like, As a basketball family, player, you're already introduced to that stuff. That family is so powerful. Y'all y'all do not know what they do. Like, like but this makes no sense. Lamar has been in the league for how long? And now whenever he gets with Chloe, all of a sudden his drug problem becomes Thank rampant. You. Like he gets found in a brothel. Even if Where? he was, even if he was, even if he had a drug problem before that, he was able to keep it in check enough to play basketball. And now all of a sudden, like But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> staying with them yeah. produces the issues in their lives. Cause I mean, you know, Kanye, obviously. But then even Scott Disick. Yeah. Poor, like, poor, poor, Kanye. poor Scott. Primary Shit. My thing is, look at James Harden. He couldn't get out quick enough. enough. Exactly. That didn't cut and ties. Chris, Chris Humphreys, too. You barely made it, but you got out. Like, yeah, Chris Humphreys, where's Chris Humphreys now? Well, he also wasn't that good of a Reggie best Bush got out. Was, yeah. Reggie Bush got out. Yeah, Reggie, yeah. So, I mean, there's just certain stuff. That's she Ray J her. got out. French you know, Montana. Like, well, Ray J started the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ray J. discovered the Kardashian empire. <laughs> right. He dug the first hole. Low-key. Dog. I feel like he's collecting a check off them. He has to be. Who Ray he J? should Yes, be. he has to be. So, how do y'all feel about him actually being, or her actually being back with him? I mean, that's the father of her child. But, I, Honestly, you know what? Honest, no, because... His other children are baby mom. <laughs> I mean, fatherless as well. Like, no. Like, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, I have nothing to say about the situation. I mean, mm-hmm. why she give her baby true, though? Like, it's just like, this is like, the A jokes write themselves. Like, I don't even know. Like, it's just like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, you had the nerve to name your baby true? It's their grandfather's name. 
They're a bot. They're lying. They're Arminian grandfather. No, but <laughs> which one? I need y'all to. Right, I, I think though. it's Chris, Chris yeah, Jenner's dad's. I need receipts on that one. I she did. Like, Chris yeah, posted that herself. Are you oh, what she post? His birth certificate. I need to stop. Y'all need to stop. Did they call her granddaddy true? Because I'm just like, just happened to. I just feel like she just a nickname. Grandpa true. She just wanted to keep. She just wanted to keep the like, you know, kind of trend going on. You know, there's North, there's Saint, there's Stormy. True. I don't understand where they're. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a trend. Like it's, it's just not. Yeah, like, weird names, names are a trend. I don't know why. Yeah. But whatever. Stormy. I mean, I knew a girl named Stormy. I, oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me ask y'all. I did. Everyone see that video of the University of Florida graduation? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. And I was. I saw <laughs> I was, clips. You, you saw the clips. I saw clips. Yeah, I saw. I think that's all they had to show. Was I think clips. it was just oh, okay. clips. Like, so how would y'all like? Okay, I don't know how y'all's graduation was, but like, <laughs> I, you know, I did a little dance. And I had no issues doing that across the stage. Like, you gave them all this money after four years. Yeah. You should be able to do basically anything you want except for, you know, if, as long as it's not profane, you know, whatever, causing any type of. Yeah. yeah. So, how do y'all feel about um, that employee? Like, basically, like, <laughs> he manhandled the mess out of them and, like, threw them off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, first of all, let me tell you something. And. University of Florida, I feel like it's not a HBCU, but there's a good amount of um, African-American and minorities and people that are involved in like um, sororities and fraternities at that school. So for them to walk across the stage and physically not he didn't like tap. <laughs> he pushed them across the stage. You know, how, first of all, I would have stopped like, I may have where are we doing it? I'm getting back in line because, you know, like it's, <laughs> I'm getting back in line. Now, nah, F that you got I'm me not messed getting up. Back in line. No, what? We're, we're right. making no, we're history gonna do. today. You push <laughs> me on, history exactly. Today. So if you push me, I'm either going to push you back or I'm going to stop. Like, hey, let's run that back. Call I'm going to take my diploma and hit you in the head with it. Like, that's so disrespectful. Like, uh-uh. I mean, yeah, there's nothing to say to that. That's rude. Cause like think about it, if like it's a white man that did it right. Cause yeah. think about it, if a black man did it to a white girl, oh, oh. police would have been on the stage <laughs> throwing him down, manhandling him. Like damn, like that's just crazy. This world. Somebody told that man to do that. You yeah. think so? Yeah, so I'm hurt. sure. I'm sure that was like the new girls. Yeah, <laughs> they was tired of them black kids doing that at every graduation. <laughs> So in order for them to stop it, they had to have a little bit of controversy. And now they're going to tell all and the kids tell from you, now on, like when you walk across the stage, you just walk. They just, like, nah, right. they trying to tell my class that, and like, I was the first to go set the tone. Like, we dancing. Duh. It's four but years the in the game. Is, we doing And I feel this. like they put, like, as soon as they was like, okay, we're going to start hurting this stuff. You need to start pushing these kids up. They got the most, the people with the most stuff to do was walking across the stage doing the most. Like, not even like a little wave, a little dance, like a full step play like everything like you would have thought it's their probate i was just like well what is she getting ready to do like what's going on here so i mean i don't know like it, i feel like once they saw that I'm like okay well let's start getting ignorant since you want to start pushing people off and i feel like that's what happened mm. but well, you know y'all better do better i don't know what's gonna happen now yeah, i hope he got fired I think they did say he did get fired honestly. or suspended at least something. And they had him right at the door too. That was that was plot. That was <laughs> yeah. that was a plot. <laughs> <laughs> that was the entrance. But that's America. Yeah. Speaking of America, mm. have y'all seen Donna Glover's video? This, this is, is America. Oh, you haven't watched it? No. Yeah, I mean, oh. It's actually really good. Like no. I think basically in the video, he's basically dancing shirtless and. Yeah, he's I've dead. seen clips, but like I won't actually watch the whole video. Yeah, so it basically shows him like 
there's probably like two major shootings. One of them is the guy who's strumming the guitar in the beginning of the video is actually Trayvon Martin's father. So he shoots him first. And then as soon as he shoots him, he, he, it's like a dance scene or whatever, dance break. And they're well, dancing, dancing, dancing. Then he goes, um, there's a church choir singing, and he shoots them there dancing, 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 which is basically just talking about how America is so distracted by tragedy, yes. by like all these trends that are going on. It's like one minute you're mad, somebody got shot, oh my gosh, the next minute it's like, hey, this is America. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's kind of just like it pretty much plays on like our short attention span when it comes yeah. to things that actually matter. You know what I mean? It's full of symbolism. There's a lot of things that if you actually watch it, you pick up on. Like, I didn't see until, like, the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time um, when he did shoot the guy, somebody comes and grabs the gun with a napkin. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that. Somebody comes and grabs... And basically, he's trying to say, like... Um, like, you know, guns people, are more important than people. Like, right, you treat that them too. And mm-hmm. then also, like, when people... Basically, how people get away with it, because there's yeah, no fingerprints on the gun. Yeah, yeah kind of trying to cover it up. And then um, the the, uh, the white horse. Did y'all see the white horse? Yeah, the white horse right in the background. Yeah, which is it symbolizes some movie, which I, I assume is about, like, prejudice and, like, racism and stuff. I, I don't know. I've never seen the movie, but I heard that's what it symbolized. So there's a lot of things, like, like Michelle said, it is about how... We do have a short attention span and we let a lot of things that's currently going on distract us. Like, you know, the whole time he's dancing. And I know people that watch it, they said they have to go back and watch it because they're looking at him dance the entire time. Mm-hmm. Because and then that's why I feel like he was dancing because Donald Glover is not a dancer. dancer. So mm-hmm. it's just like he was dancing the whole time to distract people from what was going on in the back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was a really, really good concept. And then somebody else made a point about um, how they're the one flaw in the video, how like. Because Donald Glover or Childish Gambino did shoot the guy, it was kind of um, portraying black on black crime, mm-hmm. and they said that they wish he it would have been like a white person shooting instead of him himself. Because it's just like when black people, I'm sorry, when white people are gonna watch that video, they're just gonna see black people shooting other black people. So kind of like without watching the video or without hearing the music, it kind of portrays something like negative. Um, I don't know if I completely agree. I co- I agree in some way, but it, I mean it's music. You have to listen to the words. But I mean outside looking in which would basically be like a white person looking in a black person point of view. You're not going to see what we see. So that would be the only thing I can kind of agree with. And then not, not only like looking at the video, but if you actually listen to the lyrics as well, it's just talking about how like we're chasing after materialistic things. And like, that's what our focus is on instead of actually being focused on things that really affect our community. Mm -hmm. And, um, but here's my, like, I really have a question for y'all about this. How do y'all do y'all think that this discredits him like him being married to a white woman? Oh, do y'all feel like that discredits him being able to make like such a monumental video for the African-American community? Mm. That's a really good question. Well, I want to answer it just because I don't think that they make it for the African-American community. Um, Same thing like the movie Get Out. Mm -hmm. I think that they more so make it for white people. Mm hmm so that they can see um and and other races as well because i know that we have this this whole uh people of color term that we use i don't necessarily like the term because um the issues that we have in black america are not the same mm-hmm. in hispanic america or yep. asian america or you know indian america it's not the same so people of color i don't use the term i'm black and my issues are black issues mm-hmm. So, um, but I think they make it for white people in other cultures because they want other cultures to know, like, this is what you do to us. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily for our community to be the the ones that get the most impact from it. Uh, I think that the writer of Get Out 
thought that he was going to impact the white community way more than he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but they ended up naming it like a comedy. Yeah. They thought it was funny. So mm-hmm. I think they do that because they're attracted to these other cultures. So they want to be accepted by the other cultures. So they want really? the other cultures. That's just my theory. That's the way mm-hmm. I look at it. Um, and I mean, even some of my favorites, like Kendrick Lamar is engaged to a Hispanic girl. Yeah. Right. And as much as, like I said, people like to put us and group us together and say like people of color, we don't have the same struggles. Mm-hmm. Black America is totally different than any other race. So I think that's what they do it for. And so do you feel like they can be like, do you feel like they're quote unquote woke then? I mean, who's really woke? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I think that's just something that us as millennials, like we start throwing that around yeah. like, oh, I'm super woke. But are we really? Because what are we really? How are we really impacting communities mm-hmm. by using our Twitter fingers right. or, you know, hashtag and stuff? Are we really woke? Mm-hmm. You know, like what laws are we changing? What advocacy are we doing? So. I don't feel like her race has to do with it. You can't help who you fall in love with. At this, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize that like sometimes it's not about race; it's just who you fell in love with. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying people don't see color, but it's kind of like I mean, I fell in love with the person she is, not because oh she's white or because she's Asian. No, I fell in love because who she is, her values, her morals. You know, what I'm saying we believe in the same God, this and that. You know, we share a lot of interests. So I don't think it has anything to do with her race. Like I don't like how people have been dragging him all over social media just because he's not dating an African-American woman. I feel like that has nothing to do with the video. Yeah. So. I mean, I kind of understand that. Um, but one thing I will say, I think, because I remember a long time ago, like, I'm Nigerian, and at first, like, I was, not that I was anti-Nigerian, but I was very much like, oh, I love being Nigerian, but I don't see myself marrying a Nigerian. Mm-hmm. And it was some, somebody, and it wasn't even, like, I think I unconsciously just told myself that without even trying to explore <clears throat> anything like that. And then I remember talking to somebody and being like, is this an issue Like, wh- um, that I don't want to date Nigerian? Does that make me any less Nigerian than the next person? And he was like, no, I mean, you're free to do what you want. It's a free country. He was like, but at the same time, like, your decision to marry a Nigerian bas- basically depends on how much you love your culture. He was like, if you really love your culture, then it'll be hard. Like, not saying that you won't, but it'll be a hard choice for you to decide to marry outside of your culture. Because if you truly love your culture, like, in your head, you'll see it as a dilution. Not, a, But it's, it'll be, like, hard for your Your kids won't be Nigerian. Like, as it goes down and further down the line, like you're making a decision to leave your culture. You know what I mean? Which isn't a bad decision. Like you don't have to put, like, I mean, you don't have to be that ethnocentric where you choose your culture over love. But I mean, it is a decision at the mm-hmm. end of the day. That's what it boils down to. So for me, when I see somebody who is quote unquote champion in black rights and who talks from this perspective of black versus white and doing shows and having and complains about having to cater to a white audience and complains about being black and having to cater to an industry that doesn't, um, accommodate black actors and, and when he and you're doing interviews keep doing interviews like this it makes me wonder like okay so when you come home to your household do you have those same conversations mm. or not they just as comfortable you know what I mean so that's the only thing that makes me wonder because in my head I'm just like okay if you if you're this like die hard you know about your career and all this other stuff like you know how was that decision so easy for you not saying that it means anything but yeah. it kind of makes me pause a little bit it makes it seem a little false you yeah. know I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. I agree 100 percent. But I mean, it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because it's like, what if you what if you was with a black girl who knows nothing about nothing? You know? Yeah. Um, OK, so the last one we're going to talk about is Bryson Tiller. Um, this week he opened up about being depressed. Um, it started because a fan had tweeted him basically saying that um, that he needs to put new music out and they were disappointed or whatever. And he responded and 
said that um, he said I was depressed before I made the album and you can hear that in the music Two statistically we didn't do that great because of it and three depression ended in 2017 and I've been working hard ever since stay tuned and so um, it came out that he was depressed and a lot of people were kind of like some people were just like trying to talk down on him for being depressed because like the album was they think the album was good and some people were just like okay well you know I understand like there was a lot of mixed views about it so how do y'all feel <clears throat> I mean what's true to stuff was the album with um, his last one his last one yeah I didn't like it so I mean <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll be honest I appreciated the explanation because I was like you know what there was just such a big like from his first album to his second one, transition. like literally, I remember when it, it came was out, a big and I was like, "There are 22 songs on here, and he yeah. could have kept a good 20." That's how I thought. <laughs> oh, like, I'm not gonna lie, no, Trap Soul was good. <laughs> I watched him in concert. I was like, "Dang!" Like, I actually like Bryson Till. I can't wait for his sophomore album. And then when I heard the next album, I was just no, not impressed. But mm, devil's advocate here, y'all. With this being Mental Health Awareness Month, y'all don't think this was like a little pl- like why why this month? <laughs> No, I th- why I mean, this, like why this month? Now you want to tell us that you've been depressed? I feel like a lot of people like try to use the cards. Fell I don't on the know. Table. I feel like a lot of people try to use that as a crutch, like mental illness or the like his tweet saying that he was like depressed. mental illness. Like I think a lot of people try to use that as a cl- like as a crutch. Like oh, this is the reason why this didn't go but this way. But how do you know that's not really what he was going? And it may through, have you know? been, but it's just like see, it's, see that's why I said celebrities they can't really. It's just sad that they can't really tell us what they're really going through because look at you, you don't really believe him. You feel like, oh, it's mental awareness month, so I feel like you're just trying to, you know. Like I said, you know? I don't, I never trusted Bryson Tiller's judgment because he put Rambo on the first album. Wow, grow <laughs> up, bro. Grow up. <laughs> like, Rambo was trash. Wow, so y'all need to grow up. So therefore, I wasn't very surprised <laughs> by what his second of- album. <laughs> Rambo, Rambo. I'm like, what are you talking about? And Rambo. <laughs> Y'all are rude. You know, it's so crazy because I, like I remember like Chris, Rambo course. was that one song that I was just like, bro, Bryson Tiller, you this is you, bro? Like, like you like the Rambo? We're not gonna get into that. <laughs> Y'all not gonna jump down. I know, like, like that's just a whole fan out here, bro. <laughs> I do like Bryson Tiller. I mean. I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, I kind of, he kind of, not that he didn't, but he did earn my respect. Not that he didn't have it. He did kind of earn my respect because it's just like not everybody comes out about that kind of stuff. And it just shows you like how people being judgmental on him can like affect you so greatly because it's just like you thought, you you don't know how long it took him to make that album. You putting all this work into it and then to get back, like it could have took him three years. So it's just like, imagine having a project taking that long to do and then get like, people are just yeah, like, yeah we didn't like this like and you know what i'm saying like people do that without regards especially to celebrities so it's just like having that like that can make you fall into a depressing state like i mean i understand where he's coming from so that's why i'm just like i mean i hate to bring her up but it kind of reminds me of like cardi b she talks about this all the time the is, I know you're and she that. said like you know like, being a celebrity sucks but i'm just saying like she's she be speaking that real like and i feel like she said being a celebrity sucks because the media is going to misinterpret everything that we say and on top of that she's like Ever since she got her stardom, like she feels like she had to cut everybody off, and like she doesn't fuck with anyone. She's like basically in her head all the time, and like I can see how someone can go crazy off of that. Like you can't even like me, Nikki. I can run to you, Michelle. I can run to you, Chris. I can run to you, but you can't run to anybody about things that you're battling inside, demons that you're facing. That's sad. That it's sad when you hear people talk about that because it's like, damn, like you don't even have an outlet, and I have several outlets, and you don't even have one. So I can't. I can imagine how their lives are. Like it's crazy. Did you hear about it, Mish? 
I did hear about it. Um, and I thought it was nice that he was open. Um, and I had I didn't listen to the second album like I did the first one. Um, just because people had already said that it was trash. So oh I was like, gosh, girl, girl, don't even waste your ears. <laughs> it's not. I think I listened to like two songs and I was like, oh, well, they said that. So I guess. <laughs> but um, mental illness is real. And being in the music industry or just having celebrity, period, it's an adjustment. And a lot of people are not ready for that lifestyle before they get in. I like you said, like Cardi B is saying, mm-hmm. like it sucks. She doesn't like it because she wasn't really prepared for everything that comes with yeah. it. Um, and so if he was depressed while he was, you know, recording the album, then there should have been a period where he stopped and went yeah, and got yeah. help so that he could have produced better, you know, music and a better product and wouldn't have to go through what I agree. he's experiencing now because that. What he's experiencing now, the criticism is just going to be adding on top of it. Exactly. Because so. I feel like I'm not gonna lie, y'all. I feel like Nicki Minaj was depressed, and that's why okay, she stepped Paul, away. Stop. I'm be honest. I'm sorry. Stop, girl. What? Nicki Minaj yeah. calls depression for people. Like, no, including Cardi B. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, hurt people hurt people. So yeah. she yeah. could have been depressed, and that's why she was. I mean, you know what I mean. Acting. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I thank can feel you. that because the way she just said that because you think she thinks you're defending Cardi. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just <laughs> yo, she's supporting what I'm saying. Like, sorry, no, y'all so rude. I'm not. I'm actually. I don't want to put. I don't want to put stories out there about Nikki. But you know, there are. I do feel like she has <laughs> Michelle's team of researchers that tell Michelle all her information. No, Let I'm us not, know. No, I'm not saying researchers, but I mean, if you, a lot of people have said that like Nikki, like there are like patterns of like symptoms of mental illness in her, like. If you really think about it, like all these personalities she creates within herself and all this stuff, and she's well, kind of all over the place. You know what's crazy? Because you did like, <laughs> oh my you God. mentioned this one time of you felt like she was insecure, which if you boil it down, I mean, it could you could take it down to like a mental health illness. And like once you mentioned that, I did kind of know. I was just like, she might be like she, because she does stuff that's like, why did you have to do that? Like the when she got naked and posted that picture of her butt, I was like, why did you have to do that? Like what is it? We didn't need to see this. Are like we talking about Kim Kardashian. Oh, mm. Nicki Minaj. She's crazy oh. too. Let's be honest. She's so is Beyonce. They're all crazy. Okay. They're not crazy. Like they're battling demons. Okay. But and it's hard. Beyonce is not mentally ill. Okay. Stop. okay. Speaking of mental illness, um, okay. that's actually going to be a theme of our topic today. Being that it is mental health awareness, we did want to just have an open discussion where we can just be transparent and honest and really talk about like our run-ins with mental illness and mental health and what exactly that means. Um. Which is what actually why we asked Mish here. She's a mental health clinician. Am I saying it right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we wanted to make sure that if we say anything today, that it is educated, it's fact based, because we don't want to spread any misinformation. Um, <laughs> Especially not with health. <laughs> so I guess the first question we're gonna a- I'm gonna ask is: this, What is everyone's current perception of mental health? Well, when you think of mental health, like what comes to mind? Um. Well, for me, okay. So being as a lot of our followers know. And listeners know that I am in nursing school. So we did, like, we were required to take a mental health rotation. And I was actually at, um, like, at a, like a hospital for people that were going through all different types of mental, um, mental illnesses. So for me, beforehand, maybe because I didn't, oh, at least I didn't ever think I dealt with um, mental health personally, like, within my family or within myself. But then I actually realized, like, I see that stuff every day and it's actually crazy to like now see it being thrown in my face and actually 
it having a label and me just thinking like oh this is just this is just normal you know this is just like people just go through these ups and downs and they just get they get past it but it's crazy to see like some people this is actually a standstill like in like their current situation like they're not able to get past it so to be able to see it from that um point of view it made me realize like mental health is very 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 real so yeah current perception so you mean like how you view mental health Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna say that um mental health can be mental health can be a lot of things but when i first hear about it like the first thing that comes to mind and i think a lot of a lot of people can agree with this is like depression which that's it's not only mental health but you know that's that's what comes to mind when i think about mental health so when I think about mental health, I think about like chemical imbalance. So like by being bipolar, schizophrenic, and I've had friends that were bipolar and schizophrenic combined. So yeah, I've dealt with mental health. For me, when I think about mental health, and I'm gonna play differently. I know everyone's really speaking on like the negative parts. For me, I think about it's more about just like taking care of yourself, self care, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people like don't take the time out to really just cater to themselves. Those thirty minutes a day, sometimes you can get so wrapped up in society. That you don't even like, like it could be three weeks and you're sitting there just like, dang, I can't remember the last time I was really just happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the last time I really just did something for me because you get mm-hmm. so wrapped up in trying to do so much stuff. And I think that a lot of people don't take time to really, I mean, if you are going through something, like even having the, being responsible for yourself to even know, like, you know what, I'm going through something and maybe like, I need to talk to somebody about this. It's really just about, I mean, catering to your star player. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, all of what you said is is definitely um, encompassed in mental health. Um, my, I would say my personal um, definition of mental health is just one's attention or the detail in your personal um, attention to the way you're feeling. So your emotions um, and how you're able to function in life in all areas. So with your family, with your friends, at work. Um, in your personal intimate relationships. So the attention to the details in whatever um, emotional imbalances that you go through. And that's basically what you were saying, Michelle, like is paying attention. Like when's the last time I've been happy and how can I make myself happy? If I haven't been happy in the last two weeks, well, what do I need to do to change? What coping skills can I use? But it's also what you all said as far as like the disorders of depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, and then your normalcy. Like what you've seen in your family has to do with your mental health now. Um, mm-hmm. What your parents exhibited exhibited, and um, what you felt was the norm in your household is going to affect your mental health as an adult. Dang, that's deep. That yeah. was deep. Honestly. Look, that was deep. <laughs> no. Like, I got you know whooped what? as a kid. But, I'm <laughs> but you know what, Michelle? I'm actually happy you said that because I always told myself, like, I kept telling myself, you know what, Nikki? Like, you're going to take the time out to, like, at the end of the day to think about your day and to, like, kind of take, just, like, clear your mind. So that's when I started meditating because I realized, like, I'm always so wrapped up in my thoughts that, I never take the time out to for organize. myself, like just to like clear your mind. And whenever you have an uncluttered mind, I'm telling you, it's like one of the best states you could probably be in. Cause before like everything was just running, running, running. I felt like a mouse, like kind of on a wheel, mm-hmm. you know? So yes. So have y'all ever personally dealt with any form of mental health? That's a deep question. Both. 
a very good question. <laughs> I'm like, like as I'm asking, I was like, dang, that's oh my that's, gosh. That's a- um, I think that I would say that I have dealt with it, but it's it's never it's never been to the point where I'm never able to get past it. Right. So of course you go through your like like your heels and like just like. Every, you know what I'm saying? Like your trials and tribulations. And that's kind of, I guess I never really thought about it as mental health. Mm-hmm. I kind of related to like my trials and tribulations of life. Right. So it's like, this is my trial. Am I going to be able to get past it? And so when I do think about it, yeah, of course, like I have dealt with like depression, but it's only been for certain moments. Yeah. And, so. I, and yeah, I, same here. I don't think I've ever been like able to not get out of whatever funk I was in and like whatever state of mind that I was in, it's always been not necessarily easy, but thank God I've never had to like, Mm -hmm. you know, been be medicated for it. So, um, but I I do know somebody, well, I guess is that another question? No, I no Okay. That's another question. So (laughs) anybody else? So I have, um, and I, but I didn't know at the time I was young, probably like 19, 20. I was in college. And um, I was dealing with some things. I mean, college itself is an adjustment. Mm-hmm. You don't really know how to function without your parents, mm-hmm. you know, and so you're kind of learning yourself and then having to deal with all these other young people around you and the pressures. Um, so I went through like a, a depression when I was in college for like six weeks mm-hmm. and I I know now that it was depression, but when I was going through it, I did not realize it. And that's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that we are going through things and you don't because you we don't all have the education and especially our community. You don't realize that you're going through something. Um, A lot of people don't realize that an adjustment disorder is a thing. So just having um, something change in your life, like a breakup that can cause an adjustment. Um, issue in your life and we don't label it because we think that there's you know a stigma behind identifying what you're going through so I did go through it and now that I'm a, I'm an adult and obviously that I'm in the field um, if I ever would go back to that I would know what to do to get myself out of it quicker than six weeks because it was yeah. about six weeks that mm-hmm. I was in that depression and I know that you did bring up um, like the stigma behind mental health so I want to ask you a quick question. So why do you think society tries to diminish or downplay mental health? Like, why do you think there, that stigma is there? Uh, it's because of the lack of education, one. And then two, it would be because we're desensitized as AF. a culture. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we are very desensitized. So like we throw around the words, you know, especially in, in the black community, we throw around the words crazy. Mm. We throw around, you know, oh, that's just how they are. Crying for attention. Right. They just need attention or they just need a whooping, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. And so because we're not educated and we don't want to identify, we're in denial. That's why society is, you know, basically making mental illness seem like or mental health and the attention to it seem like a negative thing. But it's really not. I mean, just you have diabetes, you need to see a doctor. Mm-hmm. Same um, thing with mental health. Right. Same thing with anxiety. Mm-hmm. If you have anxiety, you need to work on whatever. You need to identify what's causing the anxiety and then work through it, not just ignore it because it's mental. And that's, and that's another, I think that people see those things as like 
things that they can work through themselves because I mean I think we've all here have been like oh I have anxiety and like you know the next day you just either do like breathing treatment or whatever you do to kind of get yourself out of that but it's just like if it keeps reoccurring because like I have bad anxiety now that I think about it I ain't never you know see nobody for it like it's always just like oh I can do it but I'll handle it I just gotta like calm down take a nap and then like wake back up and then the next day might reoccur or not so I think a lot of people so it has it like you said it does have to do with like the lack of education and people not knowing because like I mean I've never thought about that like having to go you know try to what to actually what can actually fix my problem or what can actually fix a problem or somebody's problem so and I don't even think it's just the lack of education I think it also has to deal with how you were brought up you know like I know at least in my family like we didn't talk about a lot of things you know like you didn't even like you don't even talk about sex with your parents you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. how are you going to come to them and like come to them with you know i think i have anxiety i think i have depression and like being from where they're in you can't blame them for how they're going to react towards you because they only know what their parents you know like how yeah. their parents raised them and they weren't they didn't they weren't raised to open up about their feelings so it's like i think eventually whenever i guess for me coming from my standpoint like I think like, okay, I've been through these different types of like mental health or mental illnesses like depression, anxiety, but I've gotten through it. So why weren't like you look at other people and you're like, okay, why weren't you able to do that? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and that's kind of where my standpoint's coming from. And, and I guess that's kind of how stigmas are formed, you know, and like mm-hmm. those um, stereotypes are formed and how you downplay mental health because you think like, oh, I got through it, so you should be able to get through it. So whenever a friend comes to you and they're like, I need to talk to you, and you try to downplay how they're feeling, I, like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into... I get what you're saying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think, and I would say, for me, I think, as far as, like, in the African-American community, and this isn't to put, like, to throw any shade at us or anything like that, but I feel like, like, we do have, like, a tendency to deny a lot of things that happen in our family, in our communities. That's why a lot of things go unnoticed or go unsaid. That's why a lot of people who do come out and speak and say, like, Mommy, this happened to me or this is going on or that or that. Like, a lot of times parents are quick to just be like, no, like, not a, like be quiet. Like, you just have headaches. Like, you good. Your stomach your stomach's only hurting because you ate something earlier. And da-da-da-da. Like, we don't trust healthcare spaces. Like, we, like, as like in our culture, like we don't, we're not quick to turn to therapists or counselors or even like doctors. And that's why even when it comes to like more serious diseases and issues, we do end up like treating these things later on in the mm-hmm. stage because it waits till it becomes really detrimental or you're waiting till your kids are acting out or you're seeing them cutting themselves to really have to see like, okay, this is an issue. Where before that, it's not things that we normally talk about where you'll see in other cultures, there are kids as young as five years, five and six years old who are, on like antidepressants and they're taking all these medicines because it's like that communication is something that they're so used to like they're just like oh you know yeah Susie we're going through a divorce so you know we have to put little Susie and um she's seeing a therapist now once a week in the African-American culture it's you don't even know your parents are divorced until one day you come home and it's just like oh where's daddy going you know what I mean they don't really feel the need to include the children in those kinds of conversations I feel Mm -hmm. like maybe it's out of protection to shelter them but it ends up being a lot more like detrimental than I think that we realize we realize mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i guess and it is important for people to pay attention to like kids and how they actually feel because like now i think about like an elementary when it was like a kid that was questionable he was crazy and you need to stay away from him you know it wasn't like oh he's gone through something like it that was just 
that was just it. So it's just like it that back to what um, Mish said. It's like we're we're not really sensitive as a culture to other people and like what they're going on and what they're going through. But it, like like Nikki said though, it just has to do with what you how you were raised because like that's how I was I was raised to not like you know not necessarily not to show emotion or not to no. like you know let it affect you basically. Mm-hmm. So and another thing is that we misuse a lot of terms um, like. People will throw the term bipolar around. Oh mm. yeah, so yeah. much. Um, That's annoying. And you know it is. So because <laughs> I've been called bipolar, like, and I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? What? Right. Ugh. So a lot of people will be like, oh, if 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 someone goes from being happy to upset, oh, they're bipolar. When that's not even what bipolar yeah. disorder is. Mm-hmm. Bipolar disorder is a cycle over three to six weeks. Mm-hmm. So their mood will be the same for three to six weeks, and then their mood will change. An actual disorder of your mood escalating like that is called mood disorder. Mm -hmm. So when you label somebody that goes, that's upset and then they, or they're happy, then they get upset and you're like, oh, they're bipolar. You're desensitizing what bipolar disorder really is. And then you have this person that then becomes labeled. Mm -hmm. And so you think like, you think about bipolar disorder and you're like, oh, that has to be like really bad because this person is like happy and then they get really mad. But that's not really what it really is so then you have people thinking you know that um people that have the diagnosis are Uh, angry all the mm -hmm. time or they're bad people or or they go from zero to a hundred exactly when that's not what it really is so then like you're misusing this term and you're labeling people and that's not even what the definition of it is um, same thing with antisocial. I hear Mm. I hear people say that all the time. People don't know what antisocial really is. Like antisocial is Serious. Yeah, people that a, like this is what people be like, oh, anti. I'm antisocial, and I don't. No, I go to like, the club, no one talks to anybody. No, people. That, but you at a club. No, the thing is, you people actually they want to be around people. That's the crazy part about it. When I realized that, I was like, I've been using this word, and I really don't know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like when you're not educated, or you don't take the time to be educated on it, because at this point, you know, like millennials, we have the option to educate ourselves, mm-hmm. regardless of what happened. As a child, you have the option now to now educate yourself. And then when you have children, you give them the option to come to you and say, like, what happened at school? Mm-hmm. And you have an open forum as a family. But when you don't educate yourself, you continue to just play into the stigma that right. is so negative. Yeah. So what does antisocial mean? Antisocial is a personality disorder. And mm-hmm. basically, like, they have a tendency to be very... Um, negative in a form of like some murderers are antisocial mm-hmm. um you you just have a personality of wanting to get to know people and then you know like you, you find the negative in them you find the negative in them but then like you Kill go them. after them mm-hmm. yeah so you it's it's a very odd disorder because you surround yourself with people mm-hmm. like you get mm-hmm. to know people and then you hone in on something and you commit crimes with them. it's really wow. crazy so it's a it's a serious disorder oh, and wow. antisocial is like one of the highest like it's like because they they relate that a lot to like serial killers and things like that so well, that it's sense, one of the though. higher forms of personality disorders like whenever i actually went through my mental health class and i realized like okay we have oh, there are so many different disorders but i was like whoa like these are crazy like i'm 
There I go. Using crazy. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. Like, wild. When, you, when, you start, when you read it, a, it is. Give, I me, understand. A new, give me a new word. <laughs> it's mind blowing. Like, wow. I can't like I can't be using crazy. Like I really have to be like sensitive of that. Okay. So I I have a question. Um so have has anybody had friends or family who suffer from mental illness and if so like how did you deal with that? Um I remember senior year in high school we had this um boy named Carson, Nikki knows him, we went to high school with him. And I remember he was in my English class and he used to always be in the back with his head down like like Carson used to look, like he was such a bubbly what person. Grade were you in? I was in 12th grade. 12th grade. Yeah. I knew Carson all the way from 6th grade all the way to 12th grade. So mm-hmm. Watching Carson, who he was back in middle school, transition to who he was in high school was a total 360. Like, he just, you, you knew, three, no, 360. Like, three, well, 360. Sorry, 180. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Thank really you. Awesome, <laughs> in class you know or whatever, he used to, like, always be in the back with his head down. He used to always say, I'm not feeling well. And, like, the teacher would, like, Mrs. Keene, she would go off on him oh, all the time, like yelling at him, saying, pick your head up, this and that. And like his mom would have to come in the class and basically Aww. talk to her saying like, you know, he's on medicate, like he's yeah. he's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So like he's on medication, so it, it doesn't make him feel well. So when he has his head down, it's not because he's trying to not be like, you know, interacting with the students. It's because he really does not feel well. Even like the principals, let everybody know all that. And so like, oh my, this is really sad. So like we graduated or whatever and like, Three, like a few days later, Carson went to a pastor and shot himself in the head. Oh, and it was like, it was really sad because like, you never really understood what was going on until like after the life is gone. You're like, yeah. wow, like what you could you really have happens. done to like kind of like stop this from happening? But it was just really sad. Like even thinking, I think about that all the time when we talk about bipolar, I'm like thinking Carson Brooks, like that's one person that like really shed like open mm-hmm. bipolar disorder to me because I was just like, wow, like I really did not know that it was that serious. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And yeah. even his mom speaks about it mm-hmm. everywhere. Like they even have like a um, foundation for him to help other people with that problem. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And a lot of it was based off the stigma. Like yeah. he decided after we graduate, he didn't want to take his medication anymore. anymore. So he stopped. Because of how like it made him feel and like, you know, he wasn't able to be like basically like his old self. Yeah. And the things that like, like, you know, like how I don't want to put everything on the teachers or whatever the case may be, but like people just kept kind of coming for him, yeah. like how he was acting now, now that he was on this medication. So he decided like he was going to go to his grandparents' house and like kind of like turn his life around and like start doing welding and things like that, get off his medication. And yeah, it just, it became too much. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, I have one. I'm not going to get into too deep to it, but basically, um this person was going through a depression and it, i received one of the text messages it was like hey like i love you and that was kind of like a red flag because that person normally doesn't you know do something like that and i just was like whoa okay so and then they they did it to somebody else and that person um they sent the text message to another person and that person called me and was like hey is so-and-so okay because i just was like you know what i don't know so like i want to say for like a couple like and the thing is I was in school at the time or I was doing school work so I was like across town and I was busy and I was just like I kind of like I read it but I didn't react as soon as I should have so then once I got the call that's when I was like okay this is not right like she was just like yeah you might want to go check on her so drove like I was speeding I was like okay because like my at that point my mind is racing so I'm just like drove to that person and like I walk in and they're just like there's like maybe wine bottles and like pills on the floor. Like there was just like, it's like, it looked like a scene out of a movie. 
And they were just crying hysterically. It was like, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. And I don't think you really, when I say it was like a scene out of a movie, it really is. Like, I don't think, I didn't understand the severity of it until I saw her like that. And it was so eye-opening for me because it was a scary sight. Because what if I had gotten there too late, you know? So it's just like to see somebody that you love battling something like that, that it hurts. Like, because it's just like, there's nothing you really can do. Like you can sit and I can sit and talk to you and tell you like, oh, it's going to be okay. Da, da, da. But it's just like, what can you really do? Like, I felt so helpless in the situation. And it's just like, damn, like, what can I do to get this person back on their feet? Because this person, is, they're not supposed to be acting like this. This is not how they normally act. Like, this is really a, a mind state that they're in. Like, and like, how bad did it get to the point where you want to end your life? You know what I'm saying? Like, and this is a grown woman at the at that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's kind of scary because it's just like you don't know what to do. And, you know, there's things going through your head. And it's just, and I was scared to like leave them alone. Like, I didn't even want, I was like, okay, well, I got to stay here. You know what I'm saying? I got to sleep in the same bed as you. Like, it, w- it was really, really scary. So just dealing with that firsthand, like, I just know, like, I know, like, from there on out, like, I've never, I kind of like, handle people different that do say like they're you know they're going through something or they're depressed like I try not to like if somebody was to call me and like tell me like that's how they feel Mm -hmm. because it's easy for us to be like girl you'll be all right you know what I'm saying but it's just like now I try to like kind of dwindle it down to like what exactly is going on why do you feel this way like are you gonna be okay and that's why like when a lot of my friends call me like if they're upset or something like I try to make a point it's like okay you're telling me this story but are you good like are you actually okay are you just talking about this because you want to vent and that's one question I make it a point to ask because that situation I never ever want to be in again like ever so that was my little spiel it's good that you pay attention though now that you really I mean I hate that you had to go through that but just as a as a friend as a family member you are paying attention to people now because you want to make sure that you get people the help that they need so that's good yeah I think um being more educated on mental health for me personally, like how I accommodate, I actually like go and talk to someone. Like, I in, I might as well like. My mom has health care. Like, I might as well take advantage of it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there is really no reason why I shouldn't be taking advantage of it. And there have been like, from me going and like talking to someone personally, I realized like a lot of things that I did not deal with. You know, like a lot of things I just kind of like swept underneath the rug and like just kept on telling myself like you're okay you're okay like you I just kept it moving but realizing like there's a big difference between moving on and actually dealing with some Mm -hmm. something and whenever I realized the difference between those two things I was just like dang like I wish I had started this earlier you know like I wish I had really taken care of myself earlier because now I'm trying to like we like rewind all these things that have kind of been instilled in me from this and like try to change it so the best way to accommodate is if you don't have access to health care, like, you know, talk to someone personally, like reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, you know, get someone to listen to, you know what I'm saying? Like people, sometimes it just takes like that eye opener to your friends and to your family to realize like, no, like you actually are going through something like I actually do need to sit down like and take the time and talk to you. So try to talk to someone. And if you have the health care, then go see someone professional because that's what they went to school so, for. Okay, so I have a question based off of that. I don't. Do you? This is for you. Do you? Um, do you prescribe medication? I do not. You don't. No. Okay, because like I don't know how. That's I guess this would be a yeah a question for a psychiatrist because it's just like when people are on antidepressants, I think it makes them a little sadder kind of than what they are. 
So it's just like, or or it makes them think, or when the medication is finished, it kind of makes them think that like, I need these, you know? And so that's another situation to do is like somebody who who's on medication, like that's kind of hard to, like it's a hard person to handle because it's just like once that medication is gone, like they're acting like their life is depending on it. So it's just like, how do you handle Well, that? medication is not the end all be all. So it's the same thing. And I always use diabetes because that's just an easy medical um, disorder to relate to. Um, same thing with diabetes. You take the medication or you take the insulin, but it's also a lifestyle change. So you're supposed to change your diet. You're supposed to exercise, all those things. Mental health is no difference. If you have a diagnosis and you're taking medication, you should also be getting therapy. There should be no reason that you're just relying on medication because it's not going to fix you. So you should also be going to see a therapist, but then there should be other lifestyle changes, changing the people that you're around, making sure that the people around you know what your triggers are because they could be doing something to trigger you to have whatever feelings that you have. Um, identifying with yourself coping skills that when you start to feel this anxiety or you start to feel this depressive state, what you can do yourself to get you out of it. So um, there are people that are on medication that they may be a little bit more sad, but it's um, I'm not going to say it's because they're not getting therapy uh, because I don't know that, but therapy should be in tandem to the medication. So you shouldn't just be on medication with no other type of therapy. I think that's for any illness, disease, anything. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a um, what is it? What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? I don't. I kind of forgot my word. But yeah, (laughs) y'all know what I mean. Like it's not just one solution fixes all. You know, like it's gonna you're gonna have to pick from basically every part of your life and get all that together to you know to really to improve your illness and to be able to you know to cope. Yeah, and I know especially, um, I think a lot of people when it comes to mental illness, they are afraid of treating with medication and they're like, okay, I'm just going to go vegan, I'm just going to do this because they're afraid of like that addiction. And there are like different, um, there are different, I don't want to use the word titration, I'm not a pharmacist, uh, different doses, like dosages, whatever, that you can start off as because I actually had a friend who she was going through something and I don't want to say, well, now after um, hearing me speak, maybe she was going through depression. Maybe she was going through something. I guess back then when hearing her say it in my head, I was like, well, how can you be depressed if you're not depressed now? I always thought depression was like a lifelong battle. But she was going through something and she was going back and forth between whether or not she wanted to take medication or not. And um, I guess my sister, who's um, a doctor and she's um, with her friend, kind of like convinced her to just be like, you know, what, just go ahead and try this out. Like, you have nothing to lose. Like she's like, if you really don't like it, you can always just stop taking it. Like, it's not like you're like cutting your wrist. So she took it. And one of the things that she said after afterwards, she's not on it anymore. was that she appreciated um, the medicine only because she was like, after taking the medicine, she realized that those thoughts weren't like, like, you know how, like, I guess when she was depressed, everything kind of seems like it's like doomsday every day. Like you wake up and there's a cloud over your head. And she was like, like having the opportunity to wake up and realizing that that cloud is not even really there. That's a cloud that's in your mind and just having the opportunity to realize that this situation is not just you and that life is out there. She was like that normalcy that she was able to get allowed her to get so much stuff done and she was able to get off of it and not that everything was better while she was off the medicine, but it was even when she did have a bad day, at least she had like the control to be like, okay, you know what? I know I can get through this. Like I know what this is now. I know what I'm dealing with. And so kind of put her like, you know what I mean? It kind of gave her the strength to kind of go through it. Mm-hmm. 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, and she's not addicted now. So, mm-hmm. I mean. And I think that, like, for the African, okay, and I can only speak, you know, for the African-American community because that's where I'm coming from. And I'm sure it's it's the same for a lot of other communities. But I know with the African-American community, like, a lot of us are just scared of the doctor. And it's, you know, and I, and I understand that because, like, usually when you go to the doctor, it's not for good reasons you know yeah. like you're going to get a shot you're going Bad to news. get this so you always you always affiliate it with things that like cause you pain or they may hurt you so you just you try to avoid it but now being in healthcare, i realize like everyone is just there to make your quality of life that much better you know so i want i want people in our community to realize like these resources are out here and for people that don't even have like access to healthcare, there are resources out here, like free options to be able to go and talk to people about the things that you are going through. And um, there's plenty of resources in Dallas. So if anyone does need a resource, like please reach out to me and I will make it my duty to find that resource for you and making sure that it accommodates your lifestyle and like what you're able to financially afford and everything like that. So I just need to put that out there. Especially uh, if you're in school, it's free. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're <laughs> yeah. an undergrad or anything. Or graduate, too. Yeah, it's, it, you do have a counselor on campus, so it, that's free. Okay, so quick question. Do y'all, do you think that social media has worsened the state of mental health, our mental health in America? Yes, absolutely. Um, a, lot of absolutely. Young, like a lot of young children have taken their life due to what they see on social media or people being rude to them, comments. Someone could post a picture that they liked and someone would be like, oh, you're ugly, you're this and that, and that makes them look down on themselves and then they're like, you know what, let me just go take my life. No one wants me here. And you know, what's, you know what a perfect example is? Bow Wow. So I don't remember what exactly he tweeted or what he said, but he said something which was a clear I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were and going people in. People were going in on him. Like even T.I. was like, whole world, grab a sweater. And that's why I actually said that at the beginning because I was just like, but um, but yeah, it just was like people just i don't know like they like to like poke fun at people and you know, not take them serious but i don't know like that's that which is not fun yeah. at all i think when i think of mental illness i think the hardest part is probably having to admit that you're not like you're not okay yeah and having and wondering how people are going to perceive that and i feel like social media like kind of promotes this kind of pretense of like perfection and that everyone's happy and we're all good so i feel like it makes it harder when you're looking at you like dang, everybody's, like, living life, like, and I'm not, so maybe I should just do myself a favor. I feel like that's kind of, like, how social media kind of plays against, like, the idea of this is all fake, everybody going through it, too. Like, you can reach out to people, and they probably can relate to you instead of you thinking in your head, like, okay, I'm going to tell somebody this, and they may judge me. Like, I don't want to reach out. I don't want to ask my mom if we can do this or do that, you know? So that's how I feel like social media may kind of make it harder. So we see it all the time um, in the hospitals, in different agencies where um, cyberbullying. So the thing about social networks is that I'm sure when y'all were in school, people talked about you. They talked about me. I mean, you probably talked about other people, right? But it was just the thing of like in the moment, right? It would just be that moment. Now someone will talk about you and they will put it on mm-hmm. Facebook or they'll put it on for Instagram or Snapchat. So everybody oh, saw God. it where it would be contained when we were younger. Now it's like forever. And then people screenshot things. And so you really can never escape it. It's it's once it's out there, it's there forever because somebody is going to screenshot it. Um, And then when 
with kids, that's like the biggest thing that we see when it comes to their suicidal thoughts. Um, the cutting, all of that is because something happened on a social network. Even the cry out for help. A lot of the times they're putting statuses, um, they're doing snaps where they're saying like they're showing in the background what they're about to do. Um, so on one hand, it's like we've caught several people from actually completing suicide. But on the other hand, it heightens the desensitivity to it because it's like, I mean, are you really going to do it? You know, yeah, like that's dang. sometimes parents get that. Um, the friends think that, I mean, if you were really going to do it, you would have did it. You wouldn't have put a snap, you know? Damn. So we see a lot of that. But then the other thing was what you were saying, Michelle, was like the faux lifestyle. So everybody on social networks, you're going to put your best out, right? Like you probably took 1,700 pictures, but you're only going to pick this <laughs> one selfie that was like the best one in there. So when you're scrolling, you're doing all this scrolling all day, um, throughout your day, whatever you're doing, you're getting this full sense of lifestyle that people have. So when you start to think about your flaws or the things that you're going through and you look at other people that are putting their only their best out, because most mm -hmm. people are only going to put the best of what's happening to them in the moment, you start to then question yourself. And that causes a lot of anxiety and depression. And I just want to kind of explain the depression. There are different stages of depression. So depression isn't like... Um, if you're depressed, that means that you are wanting to commit suicide. There's, you know, like a depressive state where it's, you know, just um, a low level. You know, you're going through something. You're trying to figure it out. Like you said earlier, your friend may have woke up with the cloud. She felt like there was a cloud. Um, and then there's like major depression, depression uh, where it's you can't get up. You can't wash your face. You can't complete, you know, your normal ADLs. Things like that. So it, it's different stages to it. So um, sometimes people are depressed and they don't even know. You've been depressed for two weeks. Like you normally talk to your friends every day. For the last two weeks, you haven't been feeling like doing that. Some of that can be of depression. Um, but when it comes to social media, you can put yourself in that state because of what you're looking at all the time. Um, so I do want to ask. Okay, so I know that like it's kind of still based off this question. I know a lot of us still went to, uh, we thought about cyberbullying immediately when we thought about like social media and it worsening the state of mental illness. But I kind of want to um, talk about, has it heightened mental illness? Like social media, has it done that? And what I think of when I think of that is like Kanye West. Mm -hmm. So whenever we have people on social media that you know have been diagnosed with different forms of mental illnesses and they come on social media and they say what they need to say and I've actually seen this personally from someone from in high school you know um like what do you feel like that's done to the state of mental illness like how can I describe it um like now that someone that does have this mental illness has a platform of social media, especially like Kanye West's platform of how many followers he does have. Like, how do you feel like that's impacting the community and impacting like the millennials? I mean, I don't know. I feel like Kanye's impact has less to do with his mental illness and more to do with his ignorance. So I don't know. Honestly, I'm not a fan of Kanye West. He's still canceled. I mean, I know he, he, he mental illness or not, he's still canceled. 
with people on a daily basis that have mental health disorders and Kanye you are still counseled for what you said <laughs> yeah. there's no past so you don't think that like his mental illness played a part no, no. it absolutely no. did play a part but the lack of getting the help that you need is not an excuse for me to say that what you said is accepted because you have the ability to go get the help that you need so mm-hmm. what you said is not yeah, because he can't afford to get help That's thank crazy. you and you, and you seeking out outlets and platforms to just perpetu- perpetuate this nonsense still can't still can't help you but okay. <laughs> um i did want to say though there is like a light that is dimmed on um like a, and it's not a lot of people that have it don't recognize it but ptsd that's a mental illness like and and it's like a lot of kids have it nowadays and they don't even realize like people that grew up in like the hood you see your homeboy get shot like that can affect a lot you yeah. know what I'm saying? what you how you act now and people don't recognize that and they just you know having to see that and then they turn to a form of gangbanging you know what i'm saying they don't even know like i'm dealing with something mentally you know what i'm saying so it's just like i do feel like as a millennial that kind of like dims light on what people are going through because there's different forms. It's so many different forms of mental illness and there's so many different forms of being able to express them. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's just like, you can tell somebody if somebody has PTSD because you know, there's, they have certain triggers, but then you can tell, you can't tell with other people because there's certain things that don't trigger them. And there's certain things that just, you know, make them upset or whatever. So there's a lot of things that like, we should like definitely get educated on because nobody, cause I didn't even like think about that until I heard that in an interview. So it's like there's I just like again it boils down to education it does and for me I think that I think for us growing up as far as mental health is concerned I think that we had I feel like the people ahead of us the powers that be were um a lot more responsible when it comes to protecting our mental health as children because I remember even when we were kids like they were just like oh no that kids can't play that game and we can't put that game on the market because it's too violent they Grand Theft Auto was like a really big deal and now in this generation, I don't know, like me said earlier, like I don't know if it's a desensitization. I don't know, really know what it is. But I will say, like, for instance, like Logic has has a song, right? And oh. apparently everyone's just like, it's just so like, um, it's what's unconventional. Like the 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 song title is a suicide hotline, but in the song he talks about um basically wanting to kill himself. That, I don't wanna be alive. Yeah. That's him? Yes. Nah, but in my head it's like I'm just thinking about it. I'm just like, maybe me, like, or as a kid, like if you really think about like marketing, if you really think about how things work like that, like your mind doesn't really pay attention to every single word. Like you're going to go in and out, whatever. So I'm thinking of a kid who's listening to that song and maybe he's going through something. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a suicide anthem. Like regardless of what he wants to say, if the chorus is saying, I just want to die, I don't want to be alive. You think a kid is really going to sit up there and for instance, everyone who's heard that song, does anybody know what the number is? Does anyone know the title of the song? Oh, the suicide. Oh, no. Yeah, I was in a group full of people who all knew the song, and I asked them, okay, well, that's the that, the suicide hotline is the number. Does anyone in here know the number? No. Does anybody know the last verse? No. The only chorus anybody knew was, I don't want to be alive. You know what I mean? So things like that, I feel like our generation, this generation we go through, isn't really holding or it isn't really prioritizing mental health as far yeah. as like people are concerned in front of things like making money and like you know they kind of take advantage of the idea that a lot of teenagers are struggling with mental health issues and that's might be a song that they want to play little uzi bird look all same my friends thing are dead, for yeah i didn't i don't like that song i thought you were talking all. about money though i, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't no, know no, 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 no. he was like all my friends are dead like push dead presidents. presidents yeah that's push me to the edge. Down. yeah 
Yeah. No. But I mean, I there's never, a lot I've of never songs. liked that song. Yeah. Because no. I've never understood what he means. Like, he's never explained that song to anybody. And even if that is what he meant, if he was talking about money, why couldn't you just say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let be like, all the presidents are dead. Push me to the <laughs> end. Okay, so like, that brings me <laughs> to the next question. So do you feel like race or ethnicity has to do with the way mental health is treated or viewed? Mm, only if a crime is committed. Wait, what? <laughs> she said only if a crime is committed. <laughs> oh. So, like the Charleston shooting with the guy, you think that has? To I mean, do I, with, like, I just feel like as far as the non-black community or the white community, um, if there's a tragedy or t- any form of terrorism, it's mental illness. Of course. Yeah. Okay, but if um, all little juju, if little uh, Hassan goes and if he was to shoot up a club oh please believe if he was to if he was to shoot up a club if he was to shoot up a church if he would in fact if he was to drop a gun in public and it go off and it hit somebody in the ankle please like it's isis to just it's just landed on uh american (laughs) soil like it would be a big deal if if even as a african-american when that shooter was supposedly shooting somebody down, they were so quick to find somebody and call him a terrorist that they damn near had a innocent man's face plastered across social media. They were that, you know yeah. what I mean? They were that concerned with finding the suspect. But if it's a white person, then we don't even see the mugshot for a couple of weeks because they're really trying to protect them and they're trying to make sure, like, the Charleston shooter got a got a meal and everything. Like He got Burger King, got hired. Like, I don't know. Like, Dead. I'm not trying to downplay mental illness. <laughs> you said what? They did. Yeah. So oh, it's it's dead? Yeah, it took him to Burger King. Oh. After he was arrested. Correct. Okay. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's like a trip. That's what I paid you to you do. Go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. But you know what, Michelle, this kind of piggybacks off your petty chronicle. Like at the end of the day, of course, people are gonna use ethnicity to sell whatever they need to sell. Like, Michelle, you need anesthesia because your bones are dense. Okay, you're black. Your bones. Are First of all, <laughs> how you working in the health field and say some shit like that? But we're not gonna. Re- re- you know, like, but if it I was sat here and looked at her like, girl, I was just with you. Like, I but was- if little Bobby's next to you, it's like, Bobby, your bones aren't dense, so therefore you don't need anesthesia. You know, so it's gonna be like people are going to use ethnicity to sell anything that they need to sell at the end of the day, and like that's let's go back to it's white privilege. You know, like they're gonna use their white privilege. To, to you know, to try to lessen, to lessen his crime, even though it's on the exact same height of what everybody else has done. But let me let me throw on that he has a mental illness, and let me throw on like and say that oh he wasn't in the right state of mind to understand what he was doing. So therefore, you can't you can't charge him to the highest degree because he wasn't in his right state of mind. You know, know what I'm saying? And no one else white boy kill somebody. Get out. So, so uh, go ahead. Go. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, it does have to do with race, like the the care or the attention to whatever. Because um, even with this opioid epidemic that we've mm-hmm. been talking about, um, you know, when crack cocaine hit the black neighborhood, it wasn't on a record, right? It wasn't really <laughs> exactly. It, wasn't a big it deal. was correct. It was not an epidemic. It was that just train. this is mm-hmm. what these That's black what, people are doing. Thank you. you know what I'm saying? Like this is how they're gonna kill themselves now. Oh. Um, and even with music, um, rock music for years has been talking about suicide and killing people. But when it hits our music, then it's like they were glorifying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like they are going to pay attention to, like you said, whoever these powers that be. 
they pay attention to what affects them. Mm-hmm. And however they can negatively spin us in the media, they're going to do it. So they're going to protect them. Oh, well, he has this mental illness. This is why he did whatever, whatever. But when it's us or, you know, other people, um, like you said, terrorists or we're thugs, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But that's just the narrative of America. Of really. course, it starts mm-hmm. with, of course, they both start with T's. Mm-hmm. A terrorist and a thug. <laughs> and a Trump. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Three negatives in a row. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, you have a question? Yeah, unless you. I just. No, I, but I think that's. No, I had a final question. No, no, no. Okay, so before you had that. So my question was, do you think, I don't know if we kind of, I think we kind of touched bases on it, but do you think mental health is prioritized in the black community? Prioritized? Yes. No, not yeah. at all. And I think that. I hope it changes. I don't know if it will because let me be honest with y'all. We have a lot of other things going on. So how can we, <laughs> how can we prioritize mental health? That is health? true. But that, that affects our mental health. No, yeah. it does. And you're right. It really, really does. But it's like, I have all these obstacles coming at me daily. <laughs> how how and can that's I how cho- people think too. How, how do, can I choose to put time? myself first? You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't, I woke up in the morning last. <laughs> like I already woke up in last place. I woke up in last place, so it's like now, like I'm over here trying to struggle to, you know, keep to prioritize my mental health. But how? Yeah. Like yeah. they don't like. At the end of the day, they are not allowing that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we got to work on everything underneath the umbrella. And I feel like you know what's connecting the whole umbrella probably is mental health. But it's like let me work on everything else. And then to, do that. And last. then get to my mental health. But you know? the thing is, in order for you to accomplish those other things, your mental health your mental health has to be stable as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can never hundred percent accomplish those things unless you're hundred percent yourself. And I you know? agree, but it's like how? And, and you it just, just do it. You yeah. Do it. And that's why I like up in the morning when you wake up in the morning, you make a conscious decision to take care take yourself. care of yourself positively in a mental capacity. And um, what I was going to say, like, that's why I feel like that is a huge difference between like the millennials and Generation X. Like, okay, because if you was if I was to tell my dad, like, okay, or anybody older than me, like, especially in the African community, like, hey, you need to go see a therapist. What are they going to say? I'm no. paying someone what? to talk. I'm you paying to talk, talk to them. To, let me to talk to myself. <laughs> you know, like it's not gonna be none of that. That's what y'all are for. <laughs> you want to talk to someone? We'll stay after church. You need to talk to the pastor. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, it's it's good because we do recognize it more yeah. than they do. But at the same time, like that affected us so much because that's how we were all raised yeah. up. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and it sucks because it's just like, when are you ever gonna break that cycle? When is that mm-hmm. cycle gonna be broken? You know. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I mean, as a well, I'm a Catholic, and like I, what I like about the Catholic Church is that confessionals. So you can kind of go. It's not. It's kind of like having a therapist, but without having a therapist. And so you can basically go talk with the priest and like you know confess your sins or just talk about what's going on in your life. And like yeah. they're there to listen to you. They're not there to judge you or put you down. Like they're literally there to for you to confess all your sins or let them know what's going on in your life. And, and you're letting it, it off. Yeah. you're getting it off. And like it, you're it unpacking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a so. very like quick like yes or no question but have y'all not realized how like okay talking about the difference between generation x and the millennials like do you feel like there is more is there just more awareness in mental health that's why we see it higher in the millennials or is there really just an increase in mental illnesses in 
the millennials than there is in Generation X. I don't think there's a difference. I think the, their mental illness existed back then. It just was, like I said, like everybody's woke nowadays, you know? So it's just like everybody wants to act like everybody knows what's going on. Like there's, you know, social media. Like without social media, how many people would have known it's mental health awareness month? You know what I'm saying? So now that stuff like that is present, it brings more awareness to stuff like that. Like I don't think there's been a big, I mean, I'm, could be wrong, could be right, but I don't think there's been an increase in mental health. I just think that now it's easier access for people to find out about stuff and easier access for people to seek out help when there is something going on. I mean, I, only I feel like there probably is an increase is only because there's been an increase in everything. There's been an increase in a lot of diseases. And, I mean, our food's bad. There's hormones and everything. There's chemicals everywhere. So I don't... <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's been an increase in so much. Like, our mortality yeah. rate is, like, increasing. So, I mean, why not? <laughs> so, there is an increase. Like, a, if you just look at, like, autism, um, mm. there is an increase in that diagnosis. Um, but then there is also an increase of people that are being diagnosed. So, that's kind of, like, yeah. where the difference is. Okay. Is that mm. Generation X and all these people before us, they weren't being diagnosed. But now we are. But I still, I mean, and this has nothing to do with the profession. I'm just going to put this out there as a disclaimer. I feel like this autism um, increase has to do a lot with food. And I've oh, completely yeah. changed my diet. I, what I do now, I go into homes and or schools and doctor's offices, and I work with children that have mental health disorders. And two out of five of the kids that I see have autism. There's no way that that should be what our diagnosis is. Yeah like that with with everything that we have in the united states in the world to prevent things you mean that's to tell crazy, me that yeah. all these kids are being diagnosed with autism but do you also feel like that's just based off the fact that the scope of autism is being widened you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like the actual criteria to be diagnosed with autism has that not oh, increased more, oh, so it's like true. you know well from what i see is that children actually have disorders like they they have characteristics and they are not able to function in the normal capacity of other kids so the criteria has heightened but that's because they're seeing that these kids cannot function like other kids can mm -hmm. and that they have these severe issues that have to be diagnosed or that have to be addressed and so they have to label it in something and it's being labeled autism but I think it has to do with food. And then also my theory is that these injections, uh, mm -hmm. vaccines, vaccines. Mm -hmm. yeah. Talk about it. But <laughs> no, I agree. Y'all like, let's not cover vaccines. I mean, Y'all know the nurse in me, like, let's not do that. I mean, actually, because my, my sister, she's, she's yeah. in the same thing. Like she was, don't get me wrong. Some of them. Don't I I can agree like some of them you don't need but, but there some, are some vaccines that have been kind of if you look at the yeah, studies no, the, have been linked the, to autism yeah but it's like some vaccines you actually do need like some of these things are like when you see some of these children and you're trying to take care of these children and they have these diseases it's like dang like you know in your back of your head like this could be prevented by a vaccination okay or without injecting a hormone into things that we're gonna end up giving these children that could, that could fix that too but guess what we're not gonna stop that cash flow or this cash flow so <laughs> that's right. whatever okay but my final question is for a listener that we have who's listening and feels like they relate to a lot of the, these things that we've pointed out maybe symptoms or signs of depression or mental illness like what would you suggest their first step be um my suggestion would be to reach out to a therapist 
So if you work and you have insurance, you have what is called EAP, Employee Assistance Program, where you can go see a therapist for like three to six free sessions. Uh, if you do not have insurance, you can reach out to your local mental health authority and they will provide you with care for your mental issues um, at the time. And then the next step would be if, you know, you feel like the therapist isn't um, what you need at the time, I would suggest going to see an MD, a doctor, so a psychiatrist, or going to your local mental health facility. So there's psychiatric hospitals or to go to ER, especially Mm -hmm. if you're feeling like you want to hurt yourself or you want to hurt someone else. Um, For those that don't know, you could always like if you have insurance, you can always go and you have a card. You can always go to the website on the back of the card and it tells you everything your insurance covers. Like I know with mine, it tell it lists like the different specialties that my insurance covers. So like there's a nutritionist on there. There's a counselor. There's therapy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things on there that you could actually um, benefit from. You just got to take the time out to look. Yeah. It's just that the deductible though yeah (laughs) that's why you use that eap first (laughs) yeah some plans like have high deductibles so it's like you gotta die first where they want to cover it (laughs) (laughs) sell my firstborn if i can get (laughs) well there are stuff like i mean i don't personally use stuff like i I, all the time i hear about talk space and it's like an online thing where you could counselor thing where you could i don't know (laughs) <laughs> but but what I will say is, Amish, that EAP that you mentioned, honestly, I feel like really? that's, that's real because I, that. I because know that. I'm I not even gonna lie. That's you a re- to. and talking about as far as like access to resources, like that's something I didn't even know. I mean, yeah. with your EAP, it's so much more. Like it's the mental health piece, but then you can also get legal services. You can yeah. also get financial services. Yeah, yeah. So like, use your EAP. Y'all go to work for 40 hours a week. Make sure you use these resources that wow. you have with your insurance. I feel that. Thank you. For real. See, so the question like, to take in college. If someone has facts, if it, someone it, has insurance, so like what's a typical office visit? Like you go by co-pays or co I'm just like, no. you know how many different insurances I'm there just saying, are. Like, like Paula, you know, to, Paula ain't here trying to finesse a free concert. No, no I'm not. So, like, um, so when's your, when's your next I want to see if it's affordable enough for our listeners. Like, excuse me. Like, some people may not have an EAP. So, listen. I think she's saying you that. You don't have a job, but you're trying to talk about a consultation. I think, I think she's saying, like, anyone that works and has no, insurance know, has like, EAP. How much is, like, a visit without insurance? Without insurance, if you're going to go to a therapist that is not with the mental health authority, um, you can run between like 120 to 180 a session. What but if you're that, with the mental health authority? Then it's free Ooh. because it's a state funded program. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have insurance, then you should go to your local mental health authority. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. Um, if you do have insurance and, you know, you have a copay or deductible, whatever, you know, you have to meet those things. And then copays are usually like $20. Some people, I've heard usually, some people I've say like copays $8. Mm. Copay now, 50. who are they going to see? A neurologist? Thank because you. For $250. Okay, specialist $250. But that's a lot, though, for a, a copay. A specialist is copay is It just depends on your insurance policy. If they're going for to a, a medical doctor. Y'all, insurance is a scam. Just leave it alone. For a procedure <laughs> or for like alone. a consultation? Consultations, of course, are always well. Most companies are complimentary. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, my bad. Sheesh, (laughs) gosh. (laughs) 
We need education in our community about insurance. We do. Yeah. I wish that like stuff like this needs to be taught. Like I feel like this, like actual finances need to be taught in college. Like those need to be mandatory classes instead of Give me that in high it. school. Like don't don't give me um US history like and talk about the presidents, okay? I don't want to hear like about them. When people about are looking for Columbus insurance or shopping around, like they really should like educate people on the difference between a copay and coinsurance because some mm-hmm. patients don't know the difference and like they try to argue and think they have a pull copay it, pull it. this <laughs> is not a grandma this is not grandma gear no. I'm just saying like no that's not even annoying. that especially the older patients who have Medicare a lot of these new Medicare replacement plans come and tell them like oh this is the same thing as Medicare <gasps> yeah, and no, this and, and here they have a and for this not only mm. that a lot of a lot of their providers they reach out to them and it's like we don't take your plan like we yeah. take oh but I do have Medicare like no, this is you don't have Medicare you anymore. Have you signed up for something else. And, you then, have Humana. and these patients don't <laughs> even know. You need a supplement. These patients don't know. They're just like, oh, I thought it was a secondary insurance. It's like, no, this is an insurance that took over Medicare. You don't have Medicare anymore. Yeah. yeah. Some of them are like, I shouldn't be charged anything. <laughs> well, you have a three hundred seventy dollar bill, like. But if you have Medicare, oh, Medicare, you get if everything. If you have Medicare and mental health issues, you get everything. Same with uh, with that thirty one with that thirty one dollar copay. You just gotta find somebody that's for real. <laughs> <laughs> that's for real. That's crazy. Yeah, insurance is a scam. I don't take Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I work with children, and so children okay, don't I have Medicare. I have to ask if you work with more children. Do you take Medicaid? Yes, I do. Okay, okay. That's all I meant. You know what's crazy? A lot of doctors don't like taking Medicaid. Okay, when I don't because they don't get paid, and some of them don't get paid. Yeah, and they don't make up an excuse as to why they can't pay. Oh. It's, it sucks. All right. So that was episode 17 with Petty Party at 12814. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Well, before we go, did you have anything else that you wanted to add that you think the people should know? Any last thoughts? Any last thoughts? Any last plugs? Shout outs, whatever, <laughs> announcements, events, anything? Uh, well, I just think that it's really important for people to educate themselves. I think as, as we begin to have families of our own, just be open-minded about mental health and understand that it's not like this end-all, be-all of life. Um, just because you have a diagnosis or anything like that, you should definitely pay attention to who you are, your self-care, um, and then as well as coping skills to get you through life's journey. Um, as far as me personally, again, I'm Mish from <laughs> Millennial, Millennial Love Podcast. Podcast. Uh, we have an event May 19th. We're going to collaborate with Black Girls Who Collaborate. Oh, the brunch. Oh, the brunch. Yes. The brunch. Sure. yes, it's here in Dallas. And so if you're in Dallas, you can get the tickets on Eventbrite. Uh, right now there's a sale going on so the tickets are on sale and if you use the code Dallas18 you can get an additional discount nice well y'all that concludes episode number 13 now girl what what? girl you I set you up for (laughs) girl she threw you an alley oop and you pooped at her pooped it what Okay, y'all, that concludes episode number 17. Thank you, Meech, from Millennial Love for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. And this your girl, Immokalette. Coming up the set. <laughs> and it's Nikki. It's your girl, Michelle. Like, you sound like, what's that one? Um, Crystal wait, 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 wait. Let sorry, me sorry. My mic. I'm about to she be sounds like, like, what's that? That comes on at night. Smooth like jazz. smooth. Oh, 105.7 smooth. The Oasis. Remember it was the Oasis. Or the whatever. Anyway, this, this is Crystal. We're signing out. Bye. Bye. Give me a P. Give me an E. Give me a T. T. Y. I'm a
Tap.